Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, I want to pick up where I left off last time. It's been a little over a month, right at a month, I guess, since I spoke on Sunday morning. And the last several times I've spoken, I spoke on the subject of your place and your reward. And and uh, I believe these are things that uh, the Lord laid on my heart, and so we always wanted to obey Him and do what He asked us to do and, and, uh, and look at the things that He would have us to look at. And anytime the Lord is emphasizing something, it's important that we listen. Wouldn't you agree? Amen. That was, some of you agreed with that. It's always important. When the Lord says, when E.F. Hutton speaks, you listen, right? Well, when the Lord, how many remember that old commercial? Yeah. Well, when the Lord speaks, we ought to be listening, right? And... Uh, and so he laid these things in my heart, and really this kind of fits in line with uh, something, uh, a general theme that the Lord has been bringing back to my attention personally now for several years, just uh, uh, this life is good, this life is great, and he wants to bless us and do a lot of great and wonderful things, but how many know that there's more to life than just this one? And uh, what we do in this life has everything to do with what we're doing in the next life. And so uh, we want to make sure that we're prepared and ready for these things. So we want to look at just a, a few scriptures uh, before we go any further, I know there's some here, maybe this is your first time or new and maybe you didn't hear what we said before. I would uh, encourage you to go back and listen to some of the uh, uh, teachings we have done before on this. will be a blessing to you. But go with me over to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Ephesians chapter four. Got a little bit of a dry mouth this morning, so you have to bear with me. Ephesians chapter 4, there's some scriptures we read in the seventh verse. It says, but each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. I want to emphasize each one of us. Grace was giving, given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Uh, skipping down to verse 11, it says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. What? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things into him who is head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so uh, we read this scripture, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these things, but I will point this out, that every one of us can be found in these scriptures. Every single person can be found in these passages and these scriptures. There's a place for you. You know, it's good to know that you, you have a place in the Bible. Amen. You've got a place in God's word. He was thinking of you. And these are scriptures he wrote with you in mind. No one's exempt. Everyone's got a part. Everyone has got to play a, a, a part in this. God was thinking about you this morning. But it said each one of us grace was given. It says that, um, that every part does its share. And so every person, every individual, every believer, every son and daughter of God has a part to play in what's going on. God's got a place for you, amen? Go from me to Romans chapter 12. Like I said, we talk more, a lot more in depth about some of these things. You can go back and listen to that. 
Uh, but in Romans, the 12th chapter, anytime I read Romans 12, I got to start in verse 1. It's mandatory for me. But uh, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What we do in the body, in the flesh, in this world, in this life matters. Amen. And it's reasonable to present it to God, right? And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse three, for I say, the Amplified said, I warn through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you. Notice this is inclusive. This is talking to all of us. He said, I warn you, I urge you to everyone who is among you not to think of himself or herself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, so we being many are in one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or uh, uh, our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in, in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So once again, we see that there's a place for every single person and there's a part for every single person to play. And, uh, you know, really it's important that you see yourself as a vital member of what God is doing. The reality is there's not a single person in the body of Christ that's insignificant. There's not a single person in the body of Christ that is without value or without need or without uh, 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 what you have and what God has placed in your life is valuable to the body of Christ. And so it's important that we see ourselves in that light in the right manner, but also that we see that uh, God's the one that gives out gifts and determines where these things go and who has them. And so it's important not to think of ourselves more highly than we should, but realize that there's a God and and I'm not him. and, And if he put this in my life, that's what I need to be yielding myself to. Amen. And so there are gifts in our lives and things that God places. And it says here, let us use them. And if you turn me to this, Ephesians, the second chapter in the 10th verse, like I said, this is stuff we have talked about in the past in more detail, but in Ephesians 2, uh, the 10th verse, another great scripture here, a foundational scripture for this. It says, for we are his workmanship. Praise God. God was directly involved in it. Amen. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so when I started this, uh, uh, this series, you know, obviously I had uh, three purposes. You know, I said that I wanted to uh, uh, obey God and do what he laid on my heart to do. And, and, and I want him to be pleased. Right. Uh, but also said that I wanted to uh, make sure that, um, uh, to encourage people to get involved with, uh, with, with what God has called them to do and, and find your place in the local body. And also wanted to, to, to and thirdly, to position us to not miss out on anything God has for us. And, um, you know, like I said before, what we do here is directly related to what's coming next. And so it's important that every person find this place. And this scripture in Ephesians 2 said we were created in Christ Jesus 
for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, how does that relate to the three purposes that I have? Well, like I said, there's a position and a place for every single person. There are works that the Lord has ordained and designed you to do. There's works and things that he has designed all of us to do. Now, these are not works unto salvation. I mean, no, it's by faith or, or through grace by faith, right? It's we couldn't earn salvation. You can't do enough works to earn salvation, right? We, if, we, if, if we get what we deserve, we, none of us want that. And so it's by grace through faith, right, that we have salvation. But I mean, no, there are some actions that need to take place for a person to be born again. Even in salvation, our response is always required. Uh, you, a person can believe there were many, dis, or many religious people in the day who believed in Jesus but would not confess him out of fear of the Jews. They, they wouldn't confess Jesus, wouldn't take an action, and wouldn't and do it, uh, you could say it this way, wouldn't take a work, wouldn't do something to profess Jesus as Lord. They believe, but they wouldn't respond. Well, how many know that, that if you don't confess, believe and confess that you're not born again. So a person can believe and not be saved. Still, action is required. But that's not the works here that he's talking about, works uh, in, involved in that. It's works as a result of our being born again. It's through faith that we're born again. We, yes, we have to confess Jesus as Lord. We have to confess him as Lord of our life. But there are actions and works that come along with being born again that are tied to our salvation. And God has prepared them for you and prepared them for me, Right? And so we talked a lot about the fact that what is Jesus doing right now? What kind of, where do these works are, are, is the main place they're contained? And I'll say this before we go any further. There's a lot of things that need to be done for the kingdom of God. There's a lot of things that need to be done for the kingdom of God. And, you know, we've got things inside the church, things outside the church. But something the Lord said to me this way. He said he's got a global mission. I'm trying to remember the exact way he said A global mission with a local strategy. He's a global mission with a local strategy. The Bible said, Jesus said, he's building his church. Universally, he's building his church. But in order for that to be accomplished, he sets up local churches. And I tell you, if you've not heard uh, Pastor Anderson, my dad, speak on the, the local church, you ought to get a hold of those things. God's plan for today is building the local church, but he's do, or the church, but he's doing it by building strong local churches. If it wasn't for the local church, the local body, the gospel could not uh, uh, be presented. Today's Mission Sunday, they're able to go because of local churches that support them. And so the gospel globally being proclaimed and Jesus being proclaimed around the world happens through local churches taking their place and being who God called them to be. And the good news is there's lots of great local churches and, and a lot of local churches out there. And we thank God for all they're doing, but he places every person where he wants them to be, not only the assignment on their life, but the place he wants them to use that assignment. And so as each person is doing this and finding their place, the mission can be accomplished. And so the, the, the primary place that works will take place is in the local church and in the furthering of the gospel. Amen. Now, there are works outside of that, but how many know that even what we do outside of that should be and is a, a, a means by which to get people in the local church? It's not about building a church specifically, a name, Impact Family Church alone. People think, well, you just want your church to be bigger than the next church. Well, I want our church to be what God's called it to be. We want, we want, we're, we're not trying to be somebody else. We're trying to be what God's, who God's called us to be. You know, a lot of places have gotten out of, out, of, out of things, out of whack, and have really missed the grace that's upon their, their local gathering because they're trying to be somebody else. We need to be who God's called us to be. Yeah. 
Because really only there will we find the grace to do what God's called us to do, but only there also will we find the reward that it's attached to doing what God's called us to do. And so as a local church, you know, everything we do outside is to bring people into the local church. Why? Because that's where care is given. That's where people are discipled and grown and developed and matured and taught and, 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 and uh, uh, um, uh, presented with the truth. How many know that if someone just gets born again, if there's not somebody there to take care of them and a place for them to grow and develop, their, their life can be short. It's not like having a child. When a child is born, they need someone to take care of them. They need someone to nurture them and train them and teach them and protect them. Well, that's the job of the local church. And so there's much to be done on the outside, but how many know there's much to be done on the inside of the church. There's much to be done. And the good news is the room, there's room for all of us. Amen. And so we want to make sure that we are accomplishing these things. And Jesus said he's building his church. We want to be involved in the same building of the church. How do you do that? By getting involved in the local church. Amen. And so it's a very, 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 very important thing. So when this is being done, we have two things that happen. It's called growth of the body. We read in Ephesians chapter four that when every part does its share, it causes growth to the body. And so obviously we've talked more about that in times past. You can go back and listen to those things, but uh, we want the body of Christ to grow, amen? I'd say when this is all said and done, it's the most important thing is that the body of Christ has grown that people have come into the family, amen? And we can do that here at this church. And then the second thing would be to make sure we're, our, our, or that our reward that God has for us uh, is what it's supposed to be. Go through here to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew chapter 16, we'll touch on a few things that we've looked at lightly uh, before and then we'll move on from here. God's got a reward for us, amen? In Ephesians, or, or Matthew rather, the 16th uh, chapter, in the 24th verse, Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, not just the 12, but all those who followed him, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And I made this comment last time when we spoke, you know, that uh, uh, following Jesus requires some sacrifice. Amen. Following Jesus requires some sacrifice. And uh, I get about as many amens as I expect to out of that, but it's the truth. Following Jesus requires sacrifice. Think about everybody who's accomplished something for the kingdom of God. They, they didn't accomplish something for the kingdom of God because it was convenient. They accomplished something for the kingdom of God in, in the face of inconvenience. They accomplished something for the kingdom of God because they sacrificed of their own and they gave that to the Lord. Think about Moses in Hebrews chapter 11. What did it say about Moses when he became of age, right? He refused to be called the, uh, uh, Pharaoh's son. He refused to have those things, even to enjoy the luxuries of, of Egypt, now, Egypt was, was a pretty cool place to be at that time. It was the best place probably on the planet you could be. But Moses refused to have that. He had that option to be Pharaoh's, uh, 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 one of Pharaoh's son. He had that option, but he decided to, to push that aside and rather be counted with the people of God. Now, in the end, we know that everything that the Egyptians had, the people of God got. But how many know that when you go from the palace to minding the sheep, it's a little, bit of a, a little bit of a change, wouldn't you say? I mean, he had the best chariots, he had the best everything, and then now he had to leave Egypt. Of course, he, he also made some mistakes on his end, but he ended up leaving Egypt with nothing. 
He had to sacrifice. If he was going to do what God had called him to do, it required some sacrifice on his part. Well, in the end, God rewarded him for it. You think about the 12 disciples when Jesus called Peter and James and, and, and those when he, when he met them. He said that they were out tending to their nets. And Jesus said, listen, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And it says that they immediately, Matthew chapter 4, they immediately left their nets and followed Jesus. What is that? That's sacrifice. They had a business, they had a prosperous business. They were good at what they were doing, but in order to follow him, it required sacrifice. Well, what's your point? Well, my point is, if we're gonna do what God's called us to do and, and step into the things he's called us to step into and fill the places that he's prepared for us to fill, the works he's prepared ahead of time for us to do, it's gonna require some sacrifice. And I feel like in our culture, that's something we've got to emphasize more and more because we really don't live in a culture where sacrifice is a part of what we do. We live in a your way, right away culture. You remember the Burger King slogan is your way, right away? You know, we live in that kind of culture that is so catered to us and so uh, fashioned to meet our every whim and desire. How many know when, when we live that way, it's easy to grow cold and grow lazy is that a good word to use in church? Grow lazy, right? And, 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 and become self-absorbed with what we want. And it's so easy. I think it's, it's a, it is a, an, epidemic, an epidemic in our culture. It's an epidemic in our culture. And, and it's something that we've got to stand against. No sacrifice in laying aside the things that we want to do for success is important. Anybody who succeeded in anything has, got to sac has had to sacrifice something, right? I mean, you know, as you know, you know, uh, uh, myself and, and, and our family, we're big Florida State fans. So one of the guys I follow online is Deion Sanders. You know, on Instagram, I follow him because he's always putting up videos. And, and his videos are always about hard work. His videos he puts up, he's always talking about hard work and how did I get to where I am? You know, everybody wants to be where and live like Deion Sanders lives. I mean, he's very, very prosperous, you know. He has a nice home and, and has lots of opportunities. Gets, you know, is a commentator for football and TV. I mean, he's somebody people know. We all know who Deion Sanders is, right? Primetime, right? Even if you're not a Florida State fan, you know who primetime is, right? He said, well, how did I get here? Was it just by gifts alone? He said, he had, I've heard him before talk about there are more talented athletes that are in other places that never once played a sport, uh, never played in high school, didn't play in college, didn't play in the pros, more talented than him. What was the difference? It was sacrifice. When he was actually, for him, you know, whenever he was a, a, a senior in high school, he wasn't even a star at the time. He, his senior year, he decided, I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to sacrifice. When everybody else is going out to hang out and goof off and have fun, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, he said, I'm going to run drills. I made a decision. I'm going to get on the field day in and day out. What is it? He was sacrificing. I'm sure all, the, the glorious Tim Tebow did the same thing. Anybody being upset with me, right? I'm sure Tim Tebow sacrificed as well. I'm sure at times that old Timmy Tebow could have been doing something else, but he decided to play football. So I'm sure it's not just Dion, but no, people who've accomplished things have sacrificed. And yet you can, you can just go through life and just being, uh, uh, taking your liberty, so to speak, and doing the things that you want to do all the time. And, and in the end, you really don't maximize who God made you to be. Sacrifice is important. And I said this last time, I said, you know, if your service doesn't involve sacrifice, it isn't. 
It's the truth. If our service doesn't involve sacrifice, what does it mean? If we only serve to the extent that it's convenient, is it really service? Now, there is something to be said that when you start adjusting your life in a mindset of your life and the approach of your life to where service and the things that you do for the Lord, they become primary, number one. Really, it's a lot less hard to sacrifice then because you've changed the way you look at the whole thing right? I mean, you change your whole approach because you've made a decision to value other things. And so it's just what you do. It's just, it's just who you are, but you've laid and established a pattern of sacrifice, denying yourself, picking up your cross, following him, doing what he's asked you to do. Why? That's because that's in your heart to do. I want to encourage you, never get stale, never get, never get satisfied with where you are, never get comfortable where you are. Never get comfortable where you are. Never get comfortable in what you're doing for the Lord. Never get comfortable. Comfort is not something that, that, that bodes well for our future, amen? But no, stay, always be striving. What did Paul say? He said, I forget the things that are behind. I mean, you think about all that Paul had done. Think about all that Paul had accomplished. By the time he wrote those words, do you think Paul had a long list of accomplishments by the time he got to that place in his life and ministry? I mean, think of all that Paul had sacrificed. We talk about sacrifice. Paul was raised up and trained amongst the very, very, very best of Jewish scholars. I mean, he was of one of the brightest minds of his time amongst Jewish scholars. He was a bright man. And he was, he was kind of the darling, so to speak, of the Jewish community. And he, had, he laid all of that aside. Well, Jesus appeared to him. Well, that's because Jesus appeared. Has Jesus appeared to us? Yeah. And so he laid those things aside and he began to establish a church and do what God had called him to do. And many people's lives were changed as a result of Paul's decision. When Paul got to that place, when he wrote that in Philippians, do you think there had been a lot of things he had done? Do you think he had done a lot in the past? Do you think it could have been a temptation for him to look at his life at that point? I've done a lot. I've, I've accomplished a lot for God. I mean, look at all these churches. Look at all these people who know Jesus because of me. Look at all that's been done. Did Paul do that? He said, no. He said, I forget those things that are behind, and what do I do? I press on. What was he saying? I'm going to continue to sacrifice. The sacrifice, that heart, that nature, that drive that got me here, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on moving. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep giving, giving of myself to accomplish the will of God. Do you think Paul has a great reward in heaven for that? Yeah, absolutely. I believe he does. But it says here that that, uh, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come, in, will come in the glory of his Father and with his angels. And notice, and then he will receive, he will reward each according to his works. He will come, Jesus will come, and he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste, de- taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Do you think that still applies today? Yeah, but notice that he will receive, he will reward each according to his work. Listen, there's nothing more important than this. I've said it before, this life is the shortest thing you're ever gonna do. 
This life is the shortest thing any of us will ever do. It's the shortest thing that we'll ever accomplish. This is such a short period of time, but what's coming after this is forever. I love the scripture in Ephesians. It talks about the ages to come. That is a long time. The ages to come is a long, if you think 30, I'm 45 this year, 45, that's a long time, right? But some of you are like, that's not long at all. Others are like, yeah, that is long. Yeah, quiet. You'll be there one day, right? But uh, 45 years, it seems like it could be a long time. But how many know that's nothing in the scope of eternity? It's nothing in the scope of, the, of eternity. It's so important what we do here and we take the things that God has placed in our life seriously and we, we, we tend to whatever time is necessary, we invest in those things to develop them. Amen. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, Revelation 22. We're going to look at this scripture. Revelation is the 22nd chapter. Revelation 22. Like I said, this has been a theme for me over the last several years, these things and, 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 and just really uh, getting, I believe the Lord is wanting to get us prepared for, for what's coming and what's next. He loves us that much to get us ready, amen? But in the Revelation chapter 22, this is getting here uh, near the end of the book. And I tell you, the book, the book of Revelation is, is amazing. It's a powerful thing, powerful, powerful thing. But here in Revelation 22, verse 12, it said, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone or to everyone according to his work. Notice I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. My reward is with me. Now, I think I said last time, you know, that, that I ministered on this. We talked a little bit, I believe, about, uh, you know, that people think, well, it's not right to be motivated by reward. You know, God uses a lot of things to motivate us and he lets us know that there are things awaiting for us. Why should we should be excited about those things? I mean, why does Deion Sanders, why did he do the things he did? He realized there would be reward waiting him if he did it. Why do people who've accomplished things, why do they make the sacrifices they do? Because they realize it'll pay off in the end. Why do you study in school? Why do you train your children to, to do their best in school? Why? Because it affects what they do the rest of their life, Right. There's, there is the, the promise of reward and the prospect of reward is a motivating factor. And he said here, he said, I'm coming quickly in my reward, not mine, Greg Anderson. This is the Lord Jesus. It's in red, right? He said, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me. What an awesome thing that we get to participate in his ministry so that we can also get to participate in his reward. Woo, that is awesome, awesome, awesome. I mean, you know, we get to have a part in his reward. Amen. And it's according to each one's what? Their work. It's according to the things that they do in this life. It's the part they get to participate in his reward. Do you think this is important? You say, well, I just, I'll just be happy to get there. I, I'm just, I'll just be happy to get to heaven that's all the reward I need, just entrance into the gates, just to walk through those pearly gates and just, just entrance would be enough. How many know that's going to be amazing? That'll probably be a day none of us will forget. I would say that, right? The day we, we, we enter heaven will probably be something that will be etched in our memory for millennia to come. But how many know once you get there, as awesome as it is, you're going to realize there's more here. And, and being here is awesome and we'll never be ungrateful. We will never be ungrateful or unsatisfied. We'll never think, well, I'd rather go to somewhere else. No, no, no. The other option's not good, right? And there's only two options. It's either heaven or hell. And nobody who's there will say, 
well, this isn't all I thought it was going to be. You know, I'm, you know, after, after 10,000 years or 10 million years, what? That, that's what we're talking about. You do know that, right? Like to the point where you're not even counting anymore. That's how long you're there. You'll never get to the point where you're like, well, I, I've, I've been, been here, done that. Read the book, saw the movie. I'm ready for something else. No, that'll never, you'll always be happy to be there. But, but there are other things that, that you're going to be interested in once you get there. There are going to be things that you're going to be interested in once you get there, not just being there, but there's going to be other stuff that's going to matter to you. Well, how do we guarantee, well, what are those things? Well, I don't know what those things are for each of you. We have some ideas of some things. You know, I, I think that our picture of heaven, what God shows us, and we're not talking about heaven specifically this morning, but the image and the picture that the Bible presents of heaven, he can only show us so much. Because the reality is if we saw it for what it was, I remember Paul saying, he said, I, I'm, I'm caught between two, right? I'm caught, between, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place, so to speak. I, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, but I also have a desire to be with you because it's more needful for you. Like, I, I, I'm struggling with this. And he said, you know, for your sake, I'll make the decision. I'm going to stay. Do you think Paul some knew, knew some things about heaven? Do you think he knew some things about God? I'm sure he did. Had Paul known much more than he did, the debate between the two, depart and be with Christ, and stay here and be with you. The more you know, depart and be with Christ. I like the sound of that. Depart or stay here and be with you. Depart and be with Christ. I mean, the more you know, it's going to be hard to stay, right? And so he only, the Bible only gives us a little bit about what it's going to be. We have just a small view of what heaven is really like. Because we knew much more, the, the, the work of the ministry couldn't be accomplished because as soon as we got born again, we'd be out of here, Right? I mean, none of us would want to stay at that point. It's going to be good. It's going to be amazing. He said, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me. We want that reward. Go over to John, the 14th chapter. John 14. Just look at a couple little things here. John, the 14th chapter. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. What a day it's going to be. Amen. Praise God. John chapter 14. In verse 2, it says, in my father's house are many mansions. You ever think about your mansion? You ever, ever thought time spent thinking about your mansion? I have. I've thought about it. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place before you. Now, I don't know, the, I don't know who the best builder in our area is, but I guarantee he's not as good as Builder Jesus. Right, I'm sure Builder Jesus, the best carpenter ever, probably builds a fine, fine home, right? He said, uh, it'd be good if he said the angels are busy working on it. That's not what he said. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and receive you to myself that where I am, you may be there also. He said, there are many, in my father's house are many mansions and I go to prepare a place for you. Do you know this morning the Lord Jesus is busy building your future home? Now, how is he doing that? I don't know. I'm not there. I don't question these things. He said that he's going to his father's house. He's preparing a place for me, and there's many mansions there. You know, I think about the, my type of home. Who has their favorite style of home? Who's got a favorite style of home that they, that they enjoy? Some of you. Some of you know. You know, for me, for years, uh, uh, you know, if I could build my dream house, 
Amen. I had this thing. Our dream house would be a Colorado style house. Amen. I want to say a Colorado style house. It's a timber home. It's not a log cabin, but it's kind of a mixture between a log cabin and a and a and a regular house with with wall, normal walls, but lots of wood trim. And and we always wanted to build one of those, you know. And I was thinking, well, Florida. How are you going to build a, lo, a a timber home in Florida? Who knows how to build those in Florida? This grand house, you know. And and then over the last several years, uh, I've kind of shifted a little bit. I like Spanish style houses. You know, I've realized that the things that I really like. You know, the Colorado-style house, a Spanish-style house, really has just been a result of what I've been exposed to. We've gone skiing a bunch out in Colorado, stayed in some really nice places, and so we love Colorado-style houses. Well, I never forget when I went out and stayed with Pastor Nancy Dufresne out there with them. I saw her house, and it's a Spanish-style house. I thought, you know, this ain't too shabby. I like this too, you know? And so now I'm torn between. Do you think heaven maybe even has some style of homes that we've not even seen? Is it a Colorado style or a Spanish style? It's a kingdom style or a, or a heaven style or, or it's the Holy Ghost edition. Ooh, have mercy. Got the Holy Ghost edition house. Ooh, yeah. I mean, do you think there are some things out there that, that maybe we've not seen? Do you think maybe our perspective on what he's going to prepare for us, something that is tailor-made, custom-made for us, do you think it might fit who we are? Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this question. When you get there, when you see a row, when you see houses, will you know which one is yours? I guarantee I'll get there and I'll be like, that's it. I know that. I'll, it'll, just, it'll just be, that's everything I ever dreamed. I've never even seen that before, but it's amazing and that's mine, right? It's going to be custom made for you. Notice he's going to prepare a place for you. He's coming quickly, right? And his, he's going to reward each one according to their work. And he's even going to prepare mansions and play. There are rewards for us in heaven that are tailor-made for you and I. Whew. Awesome. Awesome. People think heaven, you know, heaven's not going to be, they're not going to have row mansions, like row houses in heaven. It's just rows of cookie cutter mansions. They all look the same. They just have a different address. And it's not, it's going to be custom made for you. It'll be custom made for you. That's God. I'll say it this way. It's God's desire. Something the Lord has said to me, remember the scripture we read that we're created in Christ Jesus for good works that, that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Right? We're talking about works. We're talking about not works unto salvation, but works resulting from salvation, from being born again, things we do in response to being in union with Christ. And so God created us. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works that God created beforehand that we should walk in them. Something the Lord said to me, he said, listen, if I've created the work for you to do beforehand, I've also created the reward for you beforehand. I mean, he knows what it is that I'm after. And these things are set up for me. They're designed for me ahead of time. And so as great as that is, how many realize that what we do here determines whether we'll see that there, right? If it's created works for us to do ahead of time, that we've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works, that he intends for us to use them, that implies that we can make the decision to not walk in those things, right? We can choose not to do those things. Even we should, the scripture we read, let them use them, right? Paul, Paul said, let them use them, the gifts and these things, let them use them. Well, that means we've got the opportunity to make the decision, are we going to use them or not? 
Well, the same thing is true. Just because a work is created doesn't mean we necessarily walk in them. Just also to say just because a reward has been created doesn't mean we'll experience those either. It's a choice. Well, that's kind of sobering, but it's reality. Wouldn't you rather hear that now than hear it then? Right? So he's created us in Christ Jesus for good works, but he's already prepared our reward for our obedience to those good works. Whether we see those rewards or not depends on what we do in the works while we're here. There are specific assignments for this time that only can be accomplished in this time. And there are rewards for those assignments in this time that can only be received by our obedience in this time. Reward is everything. Reward is everything. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. First Corinthians chapter 3. There's much more than mansions there. There's all, it, it, there's all kinds of stuff. We're, we're, we're going to love heaven. We're going to absolutely enjoy it. Like I said, we, we don't have a full picture of everything because we couldn't handle it. We couldn't handle that kind of truth, right? It'd be, too, it'd be overwhelming for us. But I can tell you this, it's going to be amazing. An entrance is going to be wonderful, but we're going to want all of it because it was made just for us. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Now he who plants and he who waters are one. Each one will receive his own reward, what? According to his own labor. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Now that, that word he who plants and he who, give, he who waters are one, that implies that no matter what your assignment is, because you know, this is how this works. I've, I've, I've experienced this as well. You look at somebody, what the grace that's upon their life, and you think, well, the grace that's upon their life, the thing that God has called them to do, it's so much more important than what God's called me to do. It's so much more valuable, or, 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 or it just has so much more weight to it, so much more importance to it. I mean, that's a lie from the enemy. Absolute lie from the enemy, because when you buy something like that, it causes you, the, the net result of that kind of a statement will cause you to shrink back. Well, whether, I, whether or not I do my part, because it's not their part, that's the important thing, and my part is this thing over here, then we think that it's really not that important that mine gets done. It's important that that gets done, because it's important, but mine not so. I mean, the enemy is a, is a liar. It says here, he said, he who plants and he who waters are, are one. Had the same importance. Their job has the same importance. Well, why is that a big deal? Because no matter what God's called you to do, what he's asked you to do has the same value as what he's called somebody else to do. Really, the reality is it's not in the specific task as far as God is concerned. It's in our obedience to that task. Every part is vital. We had Pastor Peter Defend was here with us last week. Wasn't that awesome? He was here. And, and uh, he, I, I, so I got online and just kind of watched a couple messages from him for his church in South Africa. Anybody else go and watch him this last week? All right, a couple people. So I just watched, uh, just watched a couple messages and, and I was kind of skipping through them. And he, he was making a comment. I don't know exactly what he was talking about, but he was talking about, uh, uh, he said something about it. He said, you know, I don't think much about my kidney. I don't think much about my kidney. I don't go throughout the day and my kidney never crosses my mind. He said, but a few years ago, I had a kidney stone, and suddenly that was super important to me, right? 
you know, we, we think other things are important, but how many know when something else isn't functioning the way it should, it affects how everything else is functioning. And, and when there's pain in one, it can, I've had a kidney stone. I guarantee you, I could care less about anything else that was going on at that moment. Do people ride in the floorboard of their car to the hospital? No, I did. <laughs> I mean, do, do people go in like, do people lay on the floor in the emergency room at St. Vincent's Hospital? Most people don't. I did. I mean, you know, I don't care how dirty it was. That's what was comfortable because I could curl up on the floor and that's exactly what I did. Why? It was because there was, some, it was a problem with my kidney, right? It was, it, was, it was a kidney stone. Something was going on there. Even though it's not something that's something that I think about or I would normally judge as important, it's important. What's your point? Just because what God's called you to do, it may seem like it might not be that important. It's vital to the kingdom of God. Remember, what's, what's, my, what's, my, what's my purpose in this? What did God lay on my heart? Listen, to each of us find our place and fulfill the thing that God has called us to do. And even when it requires something of us, let's do whatever is, is necessary. Why? Because we want the kingdom of God to go. We want the body of Christ to be built. But we also don't want to miss out on our reward. We don't want to miss out on our reward. See, whatever grace is on your life, develop that. Whatever grace is on your life, put whatever time is necessary in to develop that. But it says here in the scripture, it said that each one, he who plants and he who waters are one, to each one will receive his own reward according to his labor, his own labor. So each one, each part that a person is called to do has equal importance, equal value, but it doesn't have equal, equal compensation. It says that he who plants and he who waters are one, equal importance. And each one of those will receive his own reward according to his labor. So what God's called you to do is just as important as what he's called me to do. The grace that's upon your life is just as valuable as the grace that's upon my life or anybody else's life. But what you do with that will determine the reward. Just because the grace is on you doesn't mean the reward will be the same. The reward that you experience. You know, I know we live in a time where, where there's a lot of stuff being put out there uh, with, with uh, socialism and, and everybody's equal and should have the same. Hey, no, that doesn't come from God. Equal is not fair. Equal is not fair. I was listening to one minister talk about this and he said, equal is not fair. He said, if somebody served God for 80 years and served God and served God and served God and, and was involved in their church and did it, just, just gave of themselves and then somebody else who got born again but did nothing, would it be fair to receive the same reward? They both get heaven because Jesus paid for that, but to receive the same reward, would that be fair? Would that be fair? No, that wouldn't be fair. Because equal is not fair. Well, I was hoping to hear something exciting this morning. The exciting news is we can get busy. <laughs> the exciting news, we got time. While there's still breath in us, we've got time to get busy. Praise God. We've got time to, to, to make sure that another wing is on our mansion. Right? We've got time. Like I said, God's not socialist. He's not, uh, uh, he's not looking to, to uh, just, we're not all going to be the same. Well, go with me over to Daniel chapter 12, Daniel the 12th chapter. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say that before. Well, it's the truth of Daniel 12. What time is it here? 1149. 
You know, I was thinking this morning, we're heading into hurricane season. When's the best time to prepare for a hurricane season? Beforehand, right? When there's a hurricane on the way, when's the best time to prepare for that hurricane? Before it gets here, right? If you wait the day of, it's supposed to make landfall, and you decide you're going to prepare for a hurricane, do you think you might have waited a little too long? Anybody have done that before? I'm going to get that generator. Oh, I'm going to get that. They got plenty of generators down at Lowe's. I'll get that generator next week. Next time, I'll get the generator. Have you ever done that before? Some people are like, don't even want to admit it. Oh, I'll go down and get the gas. I'll get gas. I'll get gas. The line's a little long right now. It's a little inconvenient. I'll get, I'll get gas. It'll be better tomorrow. It may not be. When's the best time to prepare for eternity? Now. When's the best time to prepare for what's next? Now's the best time to prepare. Today is the best time to prepare. Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, it says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. I'm going to be on the everlasting life side. How about you? Verse 3, those, But those who are wise, who seize their opportunity in this life, shall shine. And like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So he's comparing here believers to the stars. Can you see that? Then go to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians the 15th chapter. I just want you to see something here real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is kind of a, a, an insight into how God sees things. For us, this is an insight into how God does things, how he's doing things. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 39 says, All flesh is not the same, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, another of birds. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 39. Verse 40, there's also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but, not, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. Not, you know, we, the neighborhood we live in, it's, it's dark. That's one of the reasons why we, we bought in that neighborhood because we don't have a lot of street lights. And, and so I like to go out still. After 10 years we've been there, I still like to go out at night and look up at the sky and look at the stars, you know. And anybody else do that? I love to go out and look. I love to go out and pray and look at the stars. Everybody's gone to bed. It's quiet. My neighbors might think I'm crazy. That's fine. They're probably in bed too. But I like to go out, you know, and just kind of look up. Why? Because I enjoy what I see, but not every star is the same. You know, some of the light you see might be star, it might be Jupiter one, one night, or might be Mars another time, but then you got the moon, it looks totally different. They're not all the same. He's saying, listen, all bodies aren't the same. All celestial bodies aren't the same. He goes on to say, he says, for one star differs from another star in glory. Then if you drop down to 1 Corinthians 15, I'm reading the 1 Corinthians, uh, 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 well, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I didn't write this verse all the way out. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Yeah, you're there. Yeah, you're, you're there already. I'm sorry. Uh, so it says, for one star differs from another star in glory, so also is the resurrection of the dead. So also is the resurrection of dead. What does that mean? Those who are, are raised from the dead, we won't all be the same. We're not all going to be equal. Now, we'll all equally have a relationship with God. We'll all equally be born again, but our position, the things we experience, won't all be the same. Can you all see that? Well, how do, we, how do we determine what we have then? By what we choose to do right now. By what we do right now. That's what determines what we have then. 
We're going to take up communion tonight, so today, so I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and cut it short, but this is something for me, like I said, for the last several years, the Lord's been dealing with me about just getting ready for what's next. But we read in, in, in Revelation 22, I'm coming quickly. I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me. Folks, he's coming quickly. There's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of things to be done, but there's a lot of reward that hangs in the balance. There's a lot that, that's hanging in the balance for you and for I. You know, as a minister, as a pastor, the grace that's on my life, I, 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 wouldn't be, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be doing you a service. When the Lord deals with me about these things to talk about, we wouldn't be, it wouldn't be right to you to not share those things. As difficult as they might be to hear, we've got to hear these things so we can make adjustments. Can I say this? If you find yourself and you look back and you've not been doing what God's called you to do, the good news is you can do it. You can pick it up. You can ask God to forgive you for what you've not done. And you can move on and be faithful to what he's called you to do. You know, we've got things here. Like I said, God's building his church. He's building his, his church. He's building the church globally. He's working globally, but he's doing it with a local strategy. He's building strong local churches. Find your place. Young people, find your place. Not so young people, find your place. Wherever you are, find your place. Whatever price it requires of you to pay, to sacrifice, make that sacrifice. God will bless you in this life. Everything the Lord has asked us to sacrifice, he's always paid us back. Didn't Jesus say there's no one who's left home or family, right? In this lifetime, they didn't receive a hundredfold. In this life, in the life which is, he's gonna take care of you here. I said, he's gonna take care of you here. I remember when Amy and I, when we left, you know, God called us to go to Tulsa to go to Bible school. We sold what most, a lot of stuff we had, gave a lot of stuff away. We packed everything we had up in a pull-behind trailer, one of the U-Haul pull-behind trailers, all of our earthly possessions in our two cars and in that pull-behind trailer, everything we owned. You know, those are not very big, right? I mean, this was, this was the sum total of our life's possessions here, and we were rolling down the road with it. But the Lord told us to go. We quit our jobs. We left our family. We left it, you know, she had already left her family and moved down here. Thank God she obeyed and left Pittsburgh when God told her to leave. When people didn't understand it, she did it anyway. Well, God began to deal with this. Okay, now it's time. You need to go to Bible school. So we left everything. We left it and, and we said, well, Lord, because you called us to go, we're going to make that sacrifice. We had, we had set and established a pattern of this is, we're going to obey God regardless. Right? Can I tell you, when we moved back, we're two Rama students living in student housing, which is not glamorous. Working, barely working. When we left, we came home with a 24-foot U-Haul trailer full of stuff. How do we get it? God. God blessed us. We had people on staff at Rama that we had gotten to know by doing serving. Come on now. We, 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 because of our serving when we were there, because when we got there, we're not, we're not just going to be just Joe Christian in a 4,000-member church. We're, it's easy to sit back because it looks like everything's getting done. Just because everything's getting done doesn't mean my job's getting done, right? And so it looked like it's all getting done, but I'm going to do my part of what's getting done. So we got involved. Two weeks into it, we got involved and got involved up to our eyeballs, so to speak. As much as we could do, we got involved. 
Well, what happened? God, listen, anything you sacrifice in this life, anything you do in this life, anything you lay aside for him, he's going to reward you, not only in the life which is to come, but in this life. Left with a 24-foot trailer, one of the staff members at Raymond said, hey, listen, we got all of our furniture in our house. We're replacing all of our bedroom furniture. You want ours? And it was nice stuff. Well, let me, let me pray about it, brother. Let me pray about it. No, I was like, yeah, well, I'll take it. I'll, yeah. Oh, you know it. So we'll hold on to it till you're ready to go. We'll hold on to it for you until you're ready to go. Why didn't he call somebody else? I don't know. But I do know this. He called us because he offered it to us. Why? Because we had been, we had, we had, we were filling our job. We were doing our assignment. I didn't do it for the furniture. I didn't, I didn't take the positions thinking I'm going to do it. I'm going to, and this is something else to talk about is your heart and why you do things, right? We didn't do it because we're looking for furniture. Well, I only came here with a eight, a 12 foot pull behind you haul. We better get something. Lord, I'm going to get busy. Cause I'm going to feel that. That wasn't my heart. My heart was to be a blessing and to serve wherever we could serve, but it resulted in a 24 foot. And the reality is it's not about stuff, but it will say this. God will take care of your stuff. He'll take care of your stuff. So I'm going to encourage you. I don't know the next time on a Sunday morning I'll talk. I don't, I don't know. But I want to encourage you. Find your place. Find your place. We read the scripture in Romans. If you're, you know, to, to exhort, exhort. Maybe your place that God's called you to be is an encouragement in this local body. I mean, it's easy to come and just be, uh, 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 just kind of come, right? But what about taking a place as being an encourager, an exhorter, someone that, what is it? You're investing in people. Part of the discipleship process. You are, you are opening your home up to people and inviting people over. Our home, it's like Grand Central Station at times, you know, because that's just part of who we are. Well, maybe that's what God's called you to do. Well, we'll do that. But if it's not, don't. But if you see a need, you can still pick it up. I can tell you this, there's a, enough stuff that, that people aren't doing that you can pick up some things. Now, I don't know how, I, can't, I don't have scripture for this. This is my own personal opinion. You can take it for what it is. I'll just give that ahead of time. So if you don't want to hear it, you don't have to. My own personal opinion is there have been areas that we've picked up because it wasn't getting done. Not because I was graced it, because I saw a need. That's part of somebody else's reward that now I'm getting. Now, I'm not doing it for their reward. I'm doing it to honor Jesus. I'm doing it because I want to I fill the need. But I'm telling you, even if you're, some of you have been in a place where you've been serving, serving, serving. Listen, you keep doing God. You keep doing that. And if the need's still there, keep doing it. You're just receiving more reward that you weren't even going to get originally, but now you are. I, I gave the example. Keith Moore gave the example. He went to a church, you know, and he got there, and, and they had six people waiting at the door. I told you I was going to quit, and I am. And he said, six people at the door waiting, you know, and they opened the door for him, and they greeted him. And, and these are guys just welcoming the guest minister coming in and took him in the, to the back office. There was a guy standing there in the corner, and he asked Keith Moore, he said, you know, have you gone to the bathroom yet? And he said, well, no, not, not yet. He said, well, when you do, he said, it's the cleanest one in the building. He said, that's my bathroom. You think, well, that's just, that's, that, we shouldn't do that for the minister. The whole point was they had a church full of people that were looking for ways to be a blessing, looking for an opportunity to serve. Do you think the man with the bathroom that was his bathroom, think he's got a reward in heaven for that? Absolutely he does. And the heart to just, I want to serve. It's not about, listen, it's not just about, you know, uh, uh, serving people, but it's everything about serving God's kids. In fulfilling the work of the ministry, because we know when that when every part does its share, what what happens? 
causes growth of the body. Causes growth of the body. This thing is too good. It's too, it's too rigged in our favor to not get involved. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.